the Leaving Today podcast, the show about the news, history, and attractions of the Disneyland Resort. Welcome to the Leaving Today podcast, episode number 89, if you can believe it. Udi, can you believe it? What number? 89. No. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Mark, the co-host here of the Leaving Today podcast. And then sitting to the left of me tonight is, well, actually nobody. Uh, Jess is offline tonight uh, doing Jess things. And tonight it is... Empty chair. Yeah, it's an empty chair. Uh, tonight, um, but actually across for me is the, the trail master puppets himself, Udi. Good afternoon. Evening? Technically evening. evening, yeah. Good evening. Yes, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, welcome. Uh, I hope you'll find a nice home here. If this is not your first time and you are a member of the LTP family, welcome home. Come back. <laughs> All right, so a couple things. Um, we have a Patreon page, and I always bring this up there. I'm very reluctant to, to uh, do that, but made it a little easier for you. If you go to leaventapepodcast.com, uh, on the right-hand side now, there's a there's a uh, Patreon button. We it, we make it really easy. Uh, One dollar, three dollar, and five dollar pledges. You can do it one time or a month. Um, we have some packages coming soon to you Patreon listeners. And again, when if you do that, you, you get to be on the show and pick a topic and we get to talk to you. It's been good fun so far. So yep. if you feel so inclined uh, to leave us a tip, that will be a, an excellent way to do it. Yep. And I I, uh, I want to give a special shout-out to all our Patreons yeah. uh, for everything that you guys has given us is helping us out a lot. Oh, it is. Yeah. yeah and I is. just want to say thank you. Thank you very much, uh uh, very humbled by that, like crazy. Like I, I can't even get it, but I don't even understand it. But thank you very much. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't, you just don't know how much it means to us. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So we've got that. Um, if you guys want to buy anything on Amazon, we would just ask that you go to the same page, leavingtodaypodcast.com, and click mm-hmm. on the Amazon link and goes to our goes to our little portal. It's the it's, it's the same thing. Um, we get a little bit back that we can use to help support the show, yep. which we do. Um, we do have uh, we, we, we're not going to do it this this uh, episode but we are going to announce a new what? partnership a new partnership yes coming yep. up yeah we will be doing that next week and I'll give you a hand it's, I'll give you a hand it's not Jack in a Box no <laughs> okay no they looked at Mark and said you're that weird guy who brings his own lunch and then he's like well only sometimes like no sorry yeah, it's a sad day when I'm the weird one and yeah, Jack in the Box, mm-hmm. right? When you sit in a room and you can't find the weird person, mm. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Hey, tonight is going to be a special show. We are going to be talking to author of the Daysland Hotel books, um, Mr. Don Ballard. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty stoked about this. 
Um, hope you guys will enjoy that. Uh, before that, we have the news, of course. And then what else we have going on? Oh, uh, T Public. If you guys want to buy a cool shirt, I, we will have a couple more shirts coming out. Um, one of our listeners, Aaron, and a friend, has some really cool designs. He's the one that made the LTP Hideaway shirt. Mm-hmm. He's got a few more that I haven't actually put on yet, but I will. It's on my agenda to do that. Um, we may have some new stickers out at some point, too. Think about that. Yep. Um, then the one that I want. You yeah. know which one I want. Yes, I do. Oh, yep. yeah. That's that's work, that's on the works, too. Oh, man. <laughs> that one is epic. I'm going to rock like eight of those. Good. Different colors, everything. Excellent. Um, heads up, on August 12th to the 14th, Udi and I will be at the parks uh, along Say with what? my daughters. I know. We're, we'll be there to check out Galaxy's Edge and, and give... Then- and then back in December again. At least I will. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Mark um, is going to go. Everybody pressure Mark. <laughs> I know I'm going to be doing my fair, yeah. fair share of that. Um, so we're going to be there. So if you guys are down there during that Monday through Wednesday, hit, please let us know. We'd yeah. like to see you yeah. and ride an attraction or something with mm-hmm. you. Um, so, yeah, T Public, what else is happening? I don't know what is happening. But uh, before we get into that, I was thinking about something Udi and um, along a lot of people on the boards or the various Disney Disney boards are saying how how uncrowded the park is mm-hmm. right now and mm-hmm. um, my thought is this is exactly this the way it is right now is exactly how um, well first off we we know why it's empty it's because the the deluxe AP holders yep. are blocked out yep so that should tell you a whole lot mm-hmm. of wh- who adds value and who doesn't add value. Okay. Correct. But the way the park is right now, with minimal ta- wait times and overall general experience, a pleasant experience, is exactly how most park goers want it to be. Yep. But it is not how I bet you Disney wants it to be. Um, well, I can. And the shareholders. Okay. Well, there are pluses and minuses to that. I yes. Think. I think at the end of the day, it is bottom line. Mm-hmm. If they are doing, if they're ending up on the black in a good percentage up, mm-hmm. they don't care. They'll keep on doing it. Right. So the question then becomes, um, and we talked about it last time, is then if the park is no longer crowded or not as crowded, and then merch is up, food and bev is up, then what does that tell you? That tells you that the AP holders, which is not a double, annual pass holder, AP holders. (laughs) um, I thought about that today. Um, (laughs) Well, we know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, um, the AP holders, the ones with the lowest end tier, are, it's gonna sound negative, but I'm gonna say are the drain uh, on the park on the resources of the park, the crowding, because they're there, they're not spending money, and they're there for whatever, and then they just come enough to crowd up everything and then go home. Right. Now, they pay for their AP. Mm-hmm. They have every right to do that, but it's very interesting to me because then I think, hmm, what would, what would Disney do, Walt do, and that's in my mind, if he saw this dynamic, hmm, what do I do here if I am increasing experience and still making a lot of money? Yeah. <laughs> best of both worlds. Why, would, why would you not want to continue that? Right. Now, how to maintain that 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe reduce the number of IP of uh, uh, APs that are on the low tier. Mm-hmm. Definitely, then maybe reduce the number of SoCal. Asshole. Right. Yeah, they're blocked out too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bottom tier and then the SoCal. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. So, so you're you're saying that despite um, those two groups being blocked out, they are still having you know they're still making money on merchandise and that food. is what I've been reading. I could be well, wrong. If that's the case, then that's a really solid case for maybe getting rid of that deluxe pass and maybe seeing a new model of this flex pass which mm-hmm. i think is actually brilliant yep i you know that now finally they they've made a model um that i can buy into fully uh-huh. and i will be mm-hmm. um who, who are you talking to uh carissa right carissa houston yeah and then you uh, you're telling me about a interaction you had with her about yes. how there you were like debating is there a down and right. there's no downside to it. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's pretty, you know, she's pretty frugal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she has, a, she's really good with numbers and stuff. Yeah, and you she, are, Chris, because I know you're listening. Yes. <laughs> and she had mentioned that it's almost, it pays for itself. And so I said, well, if it's good enough for Chris, then it's good enough for the LTP. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean. Especially uh, with that $99 bring a friend deal, mm-hmm. which is going to save. Oh, I mean, it's saving you. Hundreds. Yeah. When, yeah. when we go. Thousands. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so really, when you think about it, I think they may have actually caught the, uh, well, if they're smart, they, they may have got lightning in a jar here, and they can hold on to it. They have to hold on to it, don't get stupid. So I think, in my opinion, yeah, get rid of that lower tier one, mm-hmm. limit a SoCal, easy for me to say I'm not there, right? but limit that to whatever. Maybe a reservation for that? Or maybe go to reservation model for them. Yeah. Um, And then there you go. I think the reservation model is working. Um, Everybody's very used in their life. And whatever you're doing in in your life, you have to make a reservation. Yeah. You go to dinner. When you even go to a movie. Now, you know, Mm -hmm. you reserve your time and your seat. You go to get your hair cut. You go... Yeah, whatever. I mean, there's things all over the place. We're very used to making reservations. Yeah. No different. Right. And anybody who complains, then I'm kind of like, what's really the big deal? You're going <laughs> to plan to go. The only people who are going to complain are those people who are the ones, again, that we've said before, yeah. that don't really drop a bunch of cash in the park. Right. They don't. No. Because they don't. Like, I'm not going to pay, you know, whatever, 20 40 50 60 for food in here when I'm, I'm going to go home. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, right. and you can't blame them. No, I, mean, I would I would do the same thing. I know you would. Yeah. So, my thought is, if they're smart, they run this year now, and then they start fashioning <laughs> models off of it. Right. Uh, yeah, I think mm-hmm. so, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting, the week after we go, the Monday after we go, is when everything gets released, uh, opened up. Uh-huh. That will be fun to watch. I hope they don't get desperate and open it like a week before. I'm really, really <laughs> keeping my fingers crossed. I mean, they can do whatever they want. Sure. Yeah. And I'm like, please don't do it when we're there. Please don't do it. No, when I don't there. think they will. I think they'll they'll hold fast to mm-hmm. what they've been doing. Yep. But it's interesting, and I think that maybe that deluxe pass will be gone mm-hmm. in the in the future, um, because the way the parks are right now should be how they should be mm-hmm. running at mm-hmm. all times. I mean, it is very. I mean, to me, people have tried to throw, like, it's a red flag, a red flag. I'm like, I don't know. 
know. I don't know if I'm going to... Oh, gonna, because I, Galaxy's Edge is not... Well, that, I mean, that, but just in general, that the park isn't as full at summer, and look at it, it's not that full. But I'm kind of like, is that really a bad thing? Again, no. if, if they're in the black with merch and and food and bev, mm-hmm. and those are all up. Yeah, but what's more important, Udi, to them? The bottom line or guest experience? Bottom line. That 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 will that trumps uh, guest experience. Well, I think it, it depends on who you're talking to. I'm talking to anything. You. Well, to me, no, it doesn't. Right. But I'm not. I don't work for Disney. Right. If, if I was in the leadership position of Disney, they'd be like, "Well, we can we can make X amount of dollars, but then it'll impact user experience or yeah. guest." Experience. I'm like, "No, we're not doing anything." Yeah, but you know, I wouldn't. I mean, flat out. But the X amount of money is, it's already. <laughs> a lot of money that they're making. Oh, no. But it has to be more. It has to be more. Well, no. And, and, and that is the point. Like, they are they are big enough now where mm-hmm. they can literally go like, oh, so if we do that, we're not going to make an extra 100 grand this year? Okay. 100 grand? I mean... 100 I mean, million? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, it won't be that. They won't make... They, no one would sacrifice 100 million. Right. But 100 grand? I would. If I'm a big conglomerate like that, if you're making the money that they do? Yeah. Yeah. Wait. So that's going to cost us an extra hundred thousand, but the people have proven that they're going to like it more. Mm-hmm. Okay, do it. Yeah, I would have no problem. Give me, give me the checkbook. I'll write it right now. <laughs> no problem. Okay. Because at, at this point now, to continue on now in the future, they're building towards the future. And we've said it before. We're already at a point where we're looking sixty-four years back. Mm-hmm. They have to plan for the next sixty-four coming. Yeah. And that's why I've said it before. We're in a very weird phase of the park where mm-hmm. we're getting big upheavals of change. I mean, Galaxy's Edge, I think, is one, but I don't think it is the only one we're going to get. No. Um, so, like, everybody just kind of buckle in. Like I said, we're, we're, it's going to take us a little bit of time to kind of settle back in into the new iteration of the park that's coming. Yeah. And, and you and I were old enough to, and I said it before, I'll keep on saying it. We're old enough to look back and go like, oh, man, I remember when. Yes. And I, you know, I, I, I kind of took it as a negative before, but as I look at it more and more and more, maybe because my life, how it's going, my framework of, my mental framework is switched, but um, now I kind of go, instead of it being a negative, I kind of flip and go like, okay, well, this could be good. I'm trying to, I'm trying to go positive on it now. A lot of it could change when we walk into Galaxy's Edge. Uh, yeah. But we won't go there. No, we, we won't go there yet. We will, though, in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will go there. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Hey, did you know that Splash Mountain turns 30 this year? Ah, yeah, I forgot about that. I'm like, holy crap, that made me feel old. It must, I wonder, we'll have to take a look at the scene when it actually opened up. 80, 89. 89. Yeah, but what month? Why, wasn't the summer? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, I was already up here when that happened. Okay. Okay. Well, I just thought we'd throw that out there. Okay. Now let's go to our news. You, listen to me now. You are talking about things that you do not understand. Tonight's news is brought to you by Expedition Roasters Coffee, where they encourage you to brew your happy place. And not only do they make great themed coffees, great tasting coffee, they also make some pretty good swag. Great apparel, great art prints. Some nice little pins okay. and mugs. Of course, don't forget the mugs. The mugs. Okay. Check that out. Um, and when you check out, you can use our code LTP20 for 20% off your very first order. 
of stuff. All right, so go check it out. And perfect time of the year to get some coffee. Hey, it may be too hot. You you can just brew it over ice, and you're golden. Absolutely. And buy some apparel while you're doing it. Yep. Right. Awesome. All right, that's Expedition Roche's Coffee, where they encourage you to brew your happy place. All right, so before we get to the feature presentation, we have a few news items to go over tonight, this evening. Okay, the first news item, Udi, our crack reporters have gone deep this time. No, Rise of the Resist... What? No, I'm, I'm, I was going to make some offhanded thing like uh, we like like we've been mentioning they're gonna announce it no i'm, I'm kidding yes totally kidding. as udi first reported three I know, years right? ago like like i could predict it i went to my magic my magic eight ball and said hey is disney disney gonna announce rise of resistance opening anytime soon and it said possible possible so, okay. <laughs> yeah um the disney parks but i called it i called it yes so no, no, as as first reported from the ltp uh rise of the, of the resistance <laughs> were open in 2020 <laughs> Can't help myself. No. <laughs> the Disney Parks blog announced that the highly anticipated Star Wars Rise of the Resistance attraction will open at the Disneyland Resort on January 17th, 2020, more than a month after the Walt Disney World version of the attraction opens in December 5th, 2019. Lame. Well, I have a thought about that, but um, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance is one of two attractions created for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um, which we know. Which we know. 14 acres in both Disneyland in California and Hollywood Studios in Florida. Smuggler's Run opened on May 31st. And um, what they were describing, you know, this isn't news to anyone that no. listens to us. It's the most immersive, and I use air quotes, an advanced attraction ever imagined at a, a Disney yeah, park. And like we all know, words, words, words. Words. It's not open yet. Yeah. Um, so January 17th is gonna when it's going to open. Um, uh, and we'll be in the park when? Sometime shortly after. Well, I don't know. We'll see about uh, that. I will be. I know you will be, and you, uh-huh. you, and you can report for the L- LTP. Okay. Um, I'm going to make all my predictions right now. That way I can be... No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Okay, right. um, so you think it's lame that Florida's getting open the first? Well, again, I'm, I'm going to keep on going with what my theory has been going from day one, is that we're the guinea pig. Yeah. Disneyland's guinea pig. So whatever kinks that we were having over here, they probably had them semi-ironed out. Mm -hmm. And then, like, well, we're going to go open there because now it's probably in line where we can just make the corrections right away. Mm -hmm. And then finish it, open it, and then we can go ahead and test that and then make sure those are in line and running right, and then we can come right back over here and do that real fast. Sure. probably exactly what's going on. Knowing how when you... Okay, I'm going to go in the... Doing retrofitting on stuff, believe me, it's much easier when you when you have it figured out. Oh, yeah. So when you figure out your retrofit and you go do the retrofit, once you've done one retrofit, you can jump back in and the next retrofit goes pretty quick because you already know what you're dealing with and you already know the issues that are going to pop up and you already know what you need, what will work, what, what will not work, and then boom, there you go. My summation is that that's what's going on and... I think it's lame because we've been sitting dry without it forever, and got it. I'm not going to rehash the whole thing. No, but, anyway. but 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 let me just play this advocate for you. So uh, no, I'm kidding. Well, I mean, so ours open, our galaxies that's open May 31st. Mm-hmm. Florida has had nothing at to, at to this mm-hmm. point. So people from the East Coast have to fly out there, mm-hmm. and you know that's that's just how it happened. But mm-hmm. now. 
Um, so in, in some regards, Florida had a disadvantage, but now they're going to have the advantage of having mm-hmm. everything opened. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not even not, not at the same time, but they're going to have Rise of the Resistance open a month and a half before ours. And mm-hmm. so maybe that's their catching up with, since mm-hmm. we didn't give you that. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to get a hair sore sort of yeah. thing. Mm, could be. Okay, well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I don't like the poster. Uh, the poster is kind of like really cluttered and busy and really kind of whatever like very uninspiring well it's star wars-esque but not disneyland-esque no it is zero disneyland and that's that that part bothers me well you know what do you <sighs> what no no no, no, no 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 i'm not i'm not arguing with you okay. I, in my mind i'm kind of going well i, I get your point completely mm-hmm but how would you make it more Disneyland? It, it, it is 100% Star Wars. 100% Star Wars. <laughs> and that, that part's kind of cool. I mean, it looks like a movie poster, mm-hmm. and, and that, that's fine, but not for a Disneyland attraction. I just, I don't know. This, the art isn't where it should be for me. I, I can agree with you on that. It's cool, but not... Anyway. What, do, what do I think that there may be a cool, like, offshoot T-shirt of that somewhere or in the works? Right. Would, you, would you rock a shirt like that? Um, not this one. If this is on a t-shirt, I'd be like, uh, no, thank you. Okay. Um, but anyway. Okay. Okay, do you want to go to the data mining one, or do you want to go to... Nah, data mining, I, I do, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll just touch on it. Clearly, they're data mining. The magic band and everything that they've used is for data mining. Yes. And I think I said that from day one. From As the, first reported from Udi two years oh, ago. Stop that. No, but I, it, it, no. I'm not trying to tell, like, that's what I was, you know, look at me how smart I am, it's just, makes logic yeah logical sense they were gonna do it i mean it makes sense that it, it's how they run their business they're gonna figure out who needs to go where what who wants to go where and what where i mean it's the way it is yeah okay anyway so go go ahead i, I mean no i did i did, I, I, I hate i mean i know i sounded bad but i'm like to me it's like logical i'm not I, when i was well, saying they were gonna do that it wasn't like i was trying to be like oh look at my i'm an oracle and no, I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, of course that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. We, we talked about this when they had their own Wi-Fi network. Mm-hmm. You log into that, mm-hmm. but they know exactly what mm-hmm. you're doing, where you're going, mm-hmm. what you're buying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as long as you're okay with that, that's what it is. Yeah, so, there you go. So, sure. I mean, and whatever. Okay. Uh, next news item, new water bottle refill station in Tomorrowland. Ooh, loves this. I, I love this. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, and we're going to post a picture online. Um mm-hmm. I'll just read the article just real quick. It's short. There's no doubt about it. Summers are rough in Southern California with temperatures often in the high 90s, as, as first reported by Udi. <laughs> <laughs> and, we're, and we're getting those in Northern California right now. Oh, it was I, 102 today. I know. Yeah. I know because I, I work in, in and out of buildings all the time. Oh, anyway. yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, they want you to stay hydrated, of course, and mm-hmm. Disneyland Resort has been making efforts in providing guests with free water, especially now with a new water refill station installed in Tomorrowland. So basically, um, if you guys go to the gym, they have this, like a, most gyms have this water bottle refill station. You put it, you put your bottle over the sensor, it fills it up, and you're good to go. Um, and so there are water bottle refill stations already available in Disneyland, including one in Galactic Grill, Rancho Del Socalo, Bingo. and two in Red Rose Tavern. But this new station in Tomorrowland offers a much cleaner, updated look compared to those refill stations. Um, Galaxy's Edge also has two new water refill stations that look very similar similar to the one in Tomorrowland. Okay. 
Last item we basically talk about is Disneyland turning 64 th- this year. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Disneyland. Yep. You never looked better, honestly. Yep. Maybe you have. have uh, you? I don't know. You can argue that. Okay. It, it all depends on your point of view. If you like a little more retro look to, a per- to uh, the park, then you're not going to be too happy. If you're willing to move and flex around, then hey. Yeah. You'll be all right. You're going to be all right. Um, yeah. I, I think, um, well, not laying eyes on Galaxy's Edge yet. Yeah. About what? About if I'm happy yet. Oh, we don't know yet. <laughs> no, we, we don't. Yep. A few more weeks, my friend. Uh, a few more weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll tell you this, though. I'm very thankful we have a park to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I am curious, is Galaxy's Edge going to make me appreciate everything we have more or less? And that's what I'm going into thinking about this. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'm very, 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 I'm going to keep on saying very interested in our Post Galaxy's Edge yeah. instant reaction. Right. Because uh, I tell you, listeners, Udi and I are probably going in with different mindsets of, of what he's looking for. I don't know. And what I'm looking for. I don't know. Okay, well, well, well no, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I, again, I, I, I said it before, I'm, I'm trying to go in as open as I can because I want to take it in with that no preconceived notion. I already sure. know I'm already, you know, and, and I'm going to tell you this right now. Okay. If I walk in and I don't get emotional over the, Seeing the Falcon, then I'm gonna I'm gonna get mad because I know then that means that the negativity has gotten to me. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. And the last news item tonight is um, the news about Hyperspace Mountain. When what is that, Udi? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Um, no, Hyperspace Mountain is the overlay for uh, Space Mountain. Yeah, and. Uh, I'm, not, I'm okay with it. You know, to be honest with you, I anytime they've done anything like that, mm-hmm. it, it's always fun to me. Sure. I have yet I have yet to go on one of those and go like, eh, like the music, the lighting, the theming, everything. Yeah. Like it's just always a good time. I mean, if you, I mean, really, you're going on a space mountain to get your head blown back. I mean, it's really what it is. And <laughs> you're like in the dark, and, and the music playing just yeah. adds to it, and the lighting. Um. So, yeah, I'm good with Hyperspace Mountain. Mm-hmm. I'm good with it all the way. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm stoked about that. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm happy with both versions. Yeah. Well, there's three versions, but yeah. I, I think the regular and, and Hyperspace yeah. are my two favorites. Yeah, or two. Then the other one is the... Um, Ghost Galaxy? Yeah. yeah. And, and I had fun on that when I've been. I mean, yeah. again, I mean, more music and, and lighting than anything. But, I mean, still, again, you're getting you're in there, and you're. I'm not worried about that. I'm, like, going to go fast and scream my head off as we're banking uh, through the... Through space, right? Through space, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. All right. So that's going to be the news for tonight. Um, now let's go to our feature presentation. And now for our feature presentation. Hey there, Leaving Today podcast listeners. We have a special treat for you tonight. Uh, we have a special guest on. Um, he is the author of such titles as The Disneyland Hotel, 1954 to 1959, The Little Motel in the Middle of the Orange Grove, um, The Disneyland Hotel, The Early Years, 1954 to 1988, and The End of the Original Disneyland Hotel. We want to welcome author Mr. Don Ballard to the show. Hey there, Don. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to uh, spend with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I look forward to talking a little bit about the history of the Disneyland Hotel. 
Excellent, excellent. So um, I'm thinking a lot of our listeners probably don't know much about the Disneyland Hotel, but before we get to that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started writing and and then maybe segue into what inspired you to start documenting things about the Disneyland Hotel? Yes, um, it was about, I think, 1995, and my wife and I had checked into the Disneyland Hotel and we were being walked to our room by one of the bellmen who had been there since, I think it was 1968. So he'd been there for quite a while. Mm. And um, we were talking about, uh, we were we were being walked to one of the original garden structures. And we were talking about the architecture and the history of the hotel. And he had, uh, stated to us, he said, you know, nobody's ever written about the history of this place. And it mm. really has a really neat kind of fascinating history. And somebody ought to write something about this. <laughs> yeah. Somebody ought to, you know, somebody ought to uh, tell the story in the history of the Disneyland Hotel. And so I had kind of planted that in the back of my mind about, you know, uh, how that might be kind of neat to do, you know, something about that. And I had always said when I was in college uh, that I, you know, wrote a bucket list that someday I'd write a book. And so um, <laughs> it kind of, it kind of just started from there. Um, his name was Mike Connors, and he was a bellman, and he. Just actually just retired, I think it was four or five years ago. Oh, he ended wow. up staying there over 40, 45 years wow. as a bellman at the, at the hotel. So anything that I've done, any, any work that I've done, including a new book that I'm writing um, on the 60s, the 1960s on the hotel, um, can be attributed to that, uh, that statement from him. Okay. That is very cool. That, that, that is very cool. So... Um, so you have this daunting task of that you put on yourself about writing a book about the Disneyland Hotel. D- did you want to try to contact Disneyland or sorry Disney first to see if one was in the works or to get their permission or how did you go about doing that? Well, like he said, nobody had done anything on it. I knew um, that there. You know, I did do a little bit of research and I had seen that there was nothing you know, written, nothing uh, in great detail written. There were articles written and, you know, two or three page articles written. And it actually started off as a, as an article because I had seen that Westways Magazine, which is a Southern California magazine, um, was seeking articles. And so I, I started off in writing an article uh, for their magazine. And they told me that the submission was too long it had to be i think it was 1800 words mm. <laughs> mine i think my, mine i think was 4500 words oh, at wow. that time <laughs> so rather than um, shorten it to their standards i lengthened it because um i just kept adding to it and keep in mind this is before the internet sure uh, yeah. this is before you know you could easily look something up so i had to write a few letters and, and you know go to a few libraries and make a few phone calls uh, but once I was satisfied that nobody had written anything of substance or, or of length, um, you know, then I began to compile things and, and you know, start reaching out, um, contacting the archives, contacting Disney, um, and then accumulating things. Um, and by then, you know, there was the Internet and there was eBay and there was, you know, ways that you could start accumulating things. Um, and then I began accumulating things in mass quantities and uh, was able to get a lot of you know, documents and photos and things like that to where I started acquiring a lot of things in substance to where I could get you know, more and more information on you know, creating a, a book 
and uh, and pictures and things, and mm-hmm. um, that that's where it led me to first meeting Christopher Rather, who was the son of Jack Rather, oh, yeah. the original owner of the of the hotel. Um, and I was able to get a hold of him um, and and learn even more things, you know, from the hotel and everything. Um, and he agreed to write the foreword and the introduction to the first book. Um, okay. And then it just kind of grew, grew and grew from there. Okay, excellent. And then did you find that Disney was pretty receptive to you getting the, you going to the archives and whatnot? Um, they were to a certain level. They were not interested whatsoever in um, uh, doing a book. They were, they were okay with me doing a book, mm-hmm. but they, they felt that it was too much of a niche kind of a book. Mm. Um, so they, they weren't interested in backing the book. Or you know, publishing it under their publication house, um, they they did give me permission to to do the book, and they gave me limited access to the archives uh, um, in in some of their uh, assets that they had within the archives. I was able to meet with Dave Smith and oh, look yeah. at some of the some of the material that they had within the archives, which helped. It greatly helped in everything. Um, but they set about some limitations as to what I could look at and what I could use uh, to uh, to research and to document for the book. And um, but it helped. It, it helped quite a bit. Okay. In the first book. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so we 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 have the um, we're looking at a, a copy of the the one that's called the end of the original Disneyland Hotel, which I think is the smallest of the three you have so far. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. So, um, but we'll talk about your new one that comes out. But let's talk about um, a little bit of history here. So let's go to 1954, um, because I mm-hmm. think that's where the story begins, right? Yes, it does. Um, and so, I mean, it's my understanding that Walt Disney. Okay, maybe you, you can tell us here and the listeners. Did Walt Disney or or? Um, have a hotel or I should say a motel back then as part of the design and something he ran out of money or real estate or something or he was uh, Walt Disney was was really tapped out financially with the building of Disneyland Mm -hmm. he had spent everything he had and then some with just the sheer building of Disneyland he uh, uh, you know as as everybody as most Disney enthusiasts know he uh, he spent everything he had. Mm-hmm. You know, he hawked his uh, life insurance policy. He got sponsors and everything just to build Disneyland. But he knew that for Disneyland to be a success, that he would have to have a first-class hotel motel facility, you know, on the grounds or right next to the grounds of Disneyland um, for Disneyland to be successful. He knew that people... He, for, for Disneyland to be successful, uh, he would have to have people seeing it for two and three days, which meant that they would have to have lodging. Uh, and he knew that a hotel was crucial to the success of Disneyland, but he was out of money. Um, and, and also, he didn't know anything at all about hotels or motels <laughs> yeah, and lodging. Yeah. And so he kind of put the word out. Um, in uh, in the Los Angeles area, or you know, just just out that he was looking for you know backing to build a hotel, and um, Jack Rather heard through the uh, an organization called Brown Motel Investments Inc. 
um, a, a, a fellow named David A. Brown um, that, um, you know, he was looking for somebody to build a hotel. Um, and David A. Brown and his firm, they wanted to build it, but they didn't have the resources. They were, uh, you know, a smaller firm that, that operated and brokered hotels and motels in the Southern California area, mm-hmm. but they just didn't have the capital to do it. But they, um, to make a long story short, they ended up introducing the Rather Corporation, um, who at that time um, in the early 50s, they were flush with cash. Uh, Jack Rather had oil wells, he had television stations, he had uh, radio stations, he he owned a production company, Uh, he was a producer of films, Um, he also had... um, two other hotel properties, one in um, Palm Springs called La Horizon, um, another in Las Vegas called the Twin Oaks Lodge. Um, He knew about hotels. um, And another parallel that he had with uh, Walt Disney was he too was a family man. He had children like Walt Disney had two daughters. Jack Rather had four children, two from his first marriage and two from his second marriage. So he too, you know, was was uh, somebody that had kids that, you know, uh, was taking a look at Disneyland as something that, you know, his kids would enjoy. But most importantly, he had cash. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so he was introduced to the Disney company and uh, he looked at it. And at first he, you know, was a little bit skeptical because he went out to the site in Anaheim. And at that time, it was out in the middle of nowhere. You know, it was out <laughs> in the middle of the orange groves yeah, and the walnut yeah. groves. And when he first went, he said, you know, what, what is this? You know, this is, this is kind of, there's nobody here. This is, you know, kind of out in the country. But he too, like Walt Disney was a visionary. He didn't see it for what it was. He saw it for what it could be. Um, and he, he said, I think this could be a possibility. I think that this will work, you know, even though like what they told Walt Disney that, you know, he was crazy that nobody mm-hmm. would come to his amusement park. Uh, Jack Rather said, I think this will work, and I think this will be successful. <laughs> and um, he, he, he agreed to lease the land from the Disney company. He got a 99-year lease, hmm. which would have expired in 2054. Um, and he leased 30 acres, which eventually turned into 60 acres, um, to build the Disneyland Hotel. And um, construction began... Um, well, the, the lease was signed in, in um, early 1955, in November of 1955, um, and it was supposed to open, uh, they were supposed to open together, Disneyland and the Disneyland Hotel were supposed to open in July of 1955, but uh, the reason why the hotel opened three months after Disneyland was because anybody that was a, a carpenter or an electrician or a plumber yeah. was already busy building Disneyland. <laughs> and so they didn't have them despair to build the hotel. So the hotel actually opened three months later um, in October of 1955. Uh, it opened October the 5th, 1955. Seven rooms on the first night is all they had with an eighth room they were using to, uh, to uh, use as a registration and office <laughs> for people to sign in. So, so the, the first night was seven rooms, but how, how many rooms was the first phase of the, I mean, it actually, it may have been a motel. At the, it was a motel, right? For first, before it was a hotel? Yeah. It was considered what they called a motor hotel. Yes, okay. A motor hotel, mm-hmm. which, meant, which meant that you drove right up to your room. Okay. Um, and, and real quickly, I think, I think they said it was within a week or, or, or eight days they had 
a um, hundred rooms ready. Oh, geez. Um, the okay. First, the, the first phase was a hundred rooms. Um, and then within the first year, uh, within uh, August of 1956, uh, they had uh, close to 200 rooms uh, ready to go. Um, and of course, they had the Olympic-sized pool, they had restaurants, they had uh, a whole host of shops mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and uh, clothing shops. They had a barber shop, they had uh, you know, a, a sundries and, and uh, gifts and things like that. Um, and they had, uh, they were advertising 200 rooms, um, and they were turning away, some nights they were turning away 300 people, wow. uh, for rooms. They were just wow. solidly booked. Jeez. So it was very successful right from the start. Yeah. Um, now let me ask you this though. So when they first opened up, um, do you think that when they were working on like a business model for this for this hotel or motel that they wanted to make it something that was appealing for families or did they want to address like a like a higher type of clientele back then because like today's in like 2019 it and we can get to that a little bit later it doesn't seem like the hotels are geared for families they're geared to like people with a lot more money than like an average family would have you know what i mean yeah um, no, absolutely. Every every brochure, every advertising thing, they cater to families. Mm. Um, it's it said bring the family. Um, the the uh, the first um, brochures, the room rates were nine dollars a night, oh. with with free parking. Mm -hmm. But actually, that was a little bit expensive back then, nine dollars a night, because. The other hotels that, that quickly opened around Disneyland were advertising rooms for uh, $7 a night. So it was a little bit, always a little bit more expensive than the other hotels around there. But it always offered a little bit more than the other hotels that were in the local area. It always had a little bit more amenities, like, you know, like the Olympic-sized pool. Um, it also had TV, which some of the other hotels didn't have. It also had color TV. <laughs> which some of the other hotels didn't have. Yeah. It was the first to have color TV. Um, and then, you know, the, the first-class restaurants that it had. Mm -hmm. It was always a little bit a cut above than the other hotels surrounding uh, surrounding Disneyland. But they definitely uh, appealed to and catered to families. Uh, the rooms advertised that they slept for. Um, the, uh, uh, the brochures said, you know, bring the family. Um, and one interesting thing, too, is that they catered to conventions. They wanted, uh, you know, the conventions to come there. They wanted Dad to go to the convention during the day and Mom to bring the kids to Disneyland during the day while Dad was at the, at the convention. You know, it was, uh, in some respects with today, it was uh, politi politically incorrect, you know, because yeah. Dad worked, Mom, you know, raised the kids. Um, that's the way it was in the 50s, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, uh, the norm of, of so-called uh, back in the 50s is, is how it was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's actually, I'm, I wish they, they, they still did that. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, that's one yeah. of the things with all the different hotels now and, and people. And, and the Disney Hotel is something that uh, I remember, you know, growing up and seeing as you go along, but we could never afford <laughs> going in there and then the other one started sprouting up and I'm like yeah I'm never going to go in there I can never spend the, <laughs> spend a night there <laughs> unfortunately unfortunately yeah. um, okay so that was nine, and then so at that point um, since Walt Disney was pretty much out of money he you, you, you mentioned that he 
leased the land for 99 years to the Rather Corporation, and then, mm -hmm. uh, but who owned the actual Disneyland name of the hotel and the Disneyland and the actual physical structure? Um, well, the, the, they leased the land, um, and um, the actual physical structure was built by the Rather Corporation. They paid for it. Mm -hmm. um, they, they say that it was a $10 million hotel at that time, um, they actually, the initial construction and everything, I believe, was closer to $3 million. The $10 million figure came from when they said that it would be fully and completely built out. The initial plans called for 650 rooms eventually. Um, and they were, the, what's interesting is the original plans called for all two-story garden structures like they had initially. Hmm. Of course, those plans changed in 1961-62 when they built the first tower. But if you look at the original plans, the original drawings that they had and original concept uh, sketches that they have, they didn't have any plans for any towers. Um, and I can get to this in a bit, but it's a real interesting story about how the first towers uh, came, came into place and came into being what, what the initial uh, idea was for that. But uh, if you look at the uh, original plans and and, uh, and and concept sketches were from the, the architectural firm of Carrera and Luckman, uh, you'll see that they didn't call for any towers. It was all two-story garden structures that they were going to have okay. uh, for, for the hotel. Um, and again, it was going to be 650 rooms when fully built out. Hmm. They, uh, they had the first 100, you know, in the first phase and then 200 by the second phase. Um, and then they built additional uh, rooms or an additional wing in 1958 that added 35 more rooms and then two more additional structures that added another 70 rooms in 1959. And that was it for the two-story structures. Okay. Um, and then if you like, if you like, I can go into the story about how they uh, got the idea for the towers. Yes, absolutely. Because I, I didn't, I don't know any, anything about this. Yeah, well, um, it's, a, it's a real interesting story, and I'll start by saying that um, about, let me see, it was about 10 years ago, I got a real interesting phone call one day uh, <laughs> while I was at home. Um, I, I have caller ID, and on my caller ID, it said that the, the person that calling me was a gentleman named Alfred Nicholson. <laughs> and who is Alfred Nicholson? Well, Alfred sure. Nicholson was the architect for all of the tower buildings at the Disneyland Hotel. He was in a firm called Weber and Nicholson, and they were the, the, the two gentlemen that designed and built all of the tower buildings at the Disneyland Hotel. You know, if you, if you remember, there was the Bonita Tower, there was the Marina Tower, yep. and there was the Sierra Tower. Mm -hmm. Well, his firm built those towers. They designed and built those towers. Okay. Um, and wow. Al, Al, called, Al called me one day. He was... At that time when he called me, I think he was 92 years old. Okay. Um, and, he was and he was living in Malibu, California. And um, he had bought my book, my first book, The Yellow Book. Um, and he said, uh, Don, this is Alfred Nicholson, and uh, I bought your book. And he goes, I wanted to talk to you. He goes, I built those towers and many other buildings and things at, at the Disneyland Hotel. And he said, I want to meet you. Oh, jeez. Um, and I said, I said, you want to meet me? I want to meet you. <laughs> you know? And so anyway, he said, well, I'm in Southern California. I'm in Malibu, and I want to come up and see you. I live in, in the Bay Area. I live in Fremont. 
And I said, absolutely, Al. I said, do you want to fly up? I'll pick you up at the airport. What do you want to do? He said, no, I don't want to fly. Um, Al was a World War II veteran, and he used to fly in uh, P-24s oh. in, uh, in, in Italy in World War II. And uh, he didn't didn't do a lot of flying since then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Had an, I, I an, aversion, yeah. an aversion to flying. He said, nope, I'll drive. <laughs> um, and I, I said, well, by the way, how old are you? And he said, well, I'm 92. And I said, all right, are you okay to drive and everything? He said, oh, absolutely. Hmm. So um, he drove up the next day and uh, spent the weekend with us, uh, came up with a trunk full of blueprints and photographs and pamphlets and documents. What? Um, and wow. everything. Uh, I know. Let me copy and scan everything. Oh wow! Um, and um, and um, and sat and just talked to me the whole weekend. And he told me that um, he was uh, him and his partner Kurt, Kurt Weber, his business partner Kurt Weber. They uh, they were designing a project in downtown Los Angeles called the Marie Antoinette Towers, and it was a condominium complex in downtown Los Angeles. And this was 1960. 1960. Uh, okay. Yeah, they were in their construction trailer, which was also their makeshift office for that tower mm -hmm. that they were building in downtown Los Angeles. And Al's wife, Betty, was um, at the front desk, and they were um, on the construction site, which was adjacent to the trailer. Um, and all of a sudden, this large, uh, dark car uh, pulled into their parking lot. And it was a gentleman named Jack Rather. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and he was he was looking up at the frame of the tower and looking up at it with wide eyes. And he walked into that trailer and said, who's building this? <laughs> and Betty said, my husband and his business partner, Kurt Weber. And he said, I want to talk to them. So she said, well, just a minute. I'll go get him. Can I say who's calling? And he said, my name is Jack Rather. Um, and she had heard of him because he, he owned the Lone Ranger and Lassie um, and the Sergeant President of the Yukon television series. Mm -hmm. He was right. a, little bit, a little bit known. And so anyway, to make a long story short, he said, you know, I own the Disneyland Hotel and, and we're only building two-story structures, but I'm interested now in seeing this. I want to build towers. You know, it's, it's wow. you know, I'll get more use of the land if I build up rather than out. Mm -hmm. So that's how the first idea for to build the towers at the Disneyland Hotel came into into being. He passed by that construction site, saw those towers, that tower being built, and talked to Al Nicholson, brought him to the site at Disneyland and said, what can you do here? And he they drew up plans. And the first tower came into being in 1961-1962, which was the Sierra Tower at the Disneyland Hotel. Okay. Oh, and I need to pause you right here because the, one of the things that's kind of firing off in my head right now is, um, well, very, very, first, very, very, very yeah, cool story. That and, is a very cool and story. How, I've never heard of that. No, I've never heard that story. And how lucky are you to have that once-in-a-lifetime meeting know, with that him? that is amazing. But, um, yeah. so... so Jack Rathers meets with the architects of this tower and says, I want to build this. Um, so okay. how did that dynamic play with Walt Disney? Because did he have to get these approved by Walt Disney? And how did the tower impact the guest experience from inside the park? I imagine that would have been something that Walt Disney would have had an issue about. Yeah, that is a very, very good question. 
Well, um, everything that they did, every building project, every every uh, restaurant, every shop did have to be run by Disney mm-hmm. because they had to. It had to meet the quality standards of Disney for it to get built, and 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 the Rather Corporation knew that because that was part of the lease that they signed initially in 1954-1955, that it did have to meet a certain quality standard for them to be able to uh, get it approved to be built at the hotel. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, they, they were in full agreement of that. That was something that was ironed out at the very beginning. Okay. Um, so what they used to do was they used to do what was called the balloon test. Okay. They used to have to float a balloon to the height of the tower and see if it was visible inside Disneyland. <laughs> um, and if and if it was visible inside Disneyland, then they would say, okay, well, what do we have coming in Disneyland that may cover that up? You know, like if something was visible with inside Disneyland, what were the sight lines? Like, for instance, mm. you know, is it visible now? Will it be covered up by a future project? Like, like to give you an example, um, something might be visible now, but when they built Pirates of the Caribbean or New Orleans Square, it would be covered up. Sure, um, sure. And, and inter- interestingly enough, the, the very question that you asked was was something that did lead to the one and only conflict I ever saw between Rather and Disney, um, and that was when they placed the letters Hotel Disneyland, not Disneyland Hotel, mm-hmm. and I'll explain that in a second. <laughs> oh, on I the didn't, top of didn't the, know that. On, <laughs> On, on the top of the tower. Okay. Um, in, in 1963, in August of 1963, they placed the letters Hotel Disneyland on top of the tower. Why Hotel Disneyland? Yeah. Because they, there was a looking glass elevator that they had installed mm-hmm. on the tower, and they could only fit the word hotel to the left of the elevator because of the of the placement of the <laughs> elevator and they, and they could fit the word Disneyland to the right of it because of the spacing mm-hmm. um, and and in 1966 when the tower was expanded they could change they changed that um, but if you look at early pictures of that it says Hotel Disneyland not Disneyland Hotel well I never um, even noticed that I, I would have never known yeah. that yeah wow. and and that that's why if you see those pictures you know they're from august 1963 to sometime in 1965 1966 depending on um when the picture was taken um uh, that you know that that's the time frame for those pictures mm-hmm. anyway you could see that lettering from within inside disneyland and jack rather had not gotten permission to do that from disney and so they were a little bit upset with him but when they built New Orleans Square, that covered that up. So it was only a short period of time where you could see that. Okay. Um, and that was the that was the only time that I saw some kind of hostility between the two. And he apologized, and um, um, it quickly was overlooked. And that was the only hostility I had seen between the the two companies. I have multiple letters of of, of praise between the two, between Roy O. Disney and Walt Disney and Jack Rather and members of the Rather Corporation between the two companies about what a pleasure it was to work with each other through the years, um, you know, between the two companies about how well they got along um, and about the, 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 it was a pleasure doing business with each other and everything. Uh, it was a great working relationship for the years that they worked together. 
Uh, but that one time was the only time that they really had a, a difference of opinion on something. Um, and Jack Rather just kind of went ahead and did it without getting permission from them to put those those words up there. Okay. Nice. Okay, so 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 the uh, tower um, that actually probably increased the volume of rooms by quite a bit by going vertical than 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 horizontal, right? It did. 160 more rooms were added in 1962. Oh, um, by that time, they were advertising. I believe it was 336 rooms. So they were able to go. I think they they started advertising 450 rooms at that time. Okay. And. And I have a I have a trivia question for you, and let me see if you can answer this. <laughs> well, how many tower how many how many towers are there at the Disneyland Hotel? Okay, well, currently, currently, I think the obvious answer is three, right? I mean, is that where your guess is? Yeah. Okay, I, I can think no. of no. Oh, no, there's there's four. Oh, okay. Then and we... I'll tell you why. Okay. Because the tower facing downtown Disney is actually two towers. Is it really? Uh, when they yeah, when they first built it, it was only half its size. Oh. Um, and then when they built onto that tower, they just slapped another tower right next to it. So that's actually two towers. Oh. They, didn't, didn't they even... built that? They yeah, they built that first one in 1961. It opened in 1962. Then they slapped on a second one right next to it. I mean, literally pasted it right next to it. In 1965, it opened in 1966. <laughs> then they built the Marina Tower in 1969. It first opened in 1969, but had its grand opening in 1970. Mm -hmm. Then they built the Benita Tower in 1977, and it opened in 1978. So there's actually four towers at the Disneyland Hotel. N now I want to go. Yes, I want to go. I want to go. go look at that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so now, th now there's a way. Now there's a way that you can see where those two towers were joined together. And I'll tell you how to do it. Yes. <laughs> go down and go down into the lobby. And when you walk in the in the in the in the downstairs at the at the bottom floor, you can walk uh, in in a in a lobby in a in a out what's it called? A, a walkway um, parallel to like the middle of the building you'll notice that there's like a little tiny bit of a difference between the floor in the room in, in the in the uh, in the in the floor of the building there's like a one and a half inch step down between the two buildings if you <laughs> if you look if you if you walk uh, perpendicular to like the middle of the building there's a hallway there uh, where the conference rooms are on the right and there's some storage areas on the left, um, you'll see that you step down like an inch and a half or two inches. That's where the two buildings were joined. Okay. Um, and, uh, and also, if you're lucky enough, and you can get a cast member, but, but I, I don't know if they'll like it if you ask them, they'll let you look at where the two buildings were joined because there's rooms where the, um, the, the instrument or the, uh, uh, what's it called, the panels, the fuse box panels, you can see the old outside of the building. One night I was there, I was, I was doing a speech during the 60th anniversary to the cast members, oh. and a cast member brought me into there and showed me where the two buildings uh, were, were joined together. Um, and he actually gave me one of the little blue tiles 
from uh -huh. the old outside of the building um, and said this is where the two buildings were joined but you're you're actually not allowed in there okay um, it's where they store it's where they store tables it's like a storage room mm -hmm. but there's two giant doors that they can open up and you can actually see the old outside of the uh first tower building oh so uh but, but you can walk through that hallway and you can see uh where there's a little tiny bit of a difference in the in the floors where it's like a two inch step down and you know who told me about that was alfred nicholson uh, <laughs> oh okay we're yeah. gonna have to do that so i mean but just to just to be clear this is what is known as the adventureland tower now right you know i i i still call it the sierra tower but i think you're right okay um yeah yeah i think the one is the frontier tower or Frontierland tower uh, the Adventure Tower, and I, I can't even remember. But when I check in, I still ask for the Bonita Tower, uh, the Sierra Tower, and the Marina Tower. They kind, <laughs> gotcha. of at, they kind of look at me and laugh and say, okay, I know it's you. <laughs> but, but, but this is the, um, the, the tower that when you walk in on the floor level, there's that subterranean area that goes down, downstairs, right? Correct. Okay, but gotcha. The, uh, the, up, the other one, too, the, uh, the Marina Tower, the one that where you register... Yeah. yeah, Fantasy Tower, I think, is what it yeah. is now. Yes. Yeah, that one, too, has a walk down, too. You can walk down, oh. and I think you can use restrooms there, too. Oh, I didn't know if that. You go over, yeah. if, if you go over by the Small World Sundries, yes. there is act there's actually an area there where you can walk downstairs, too. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And I think there's... Yeah, there's restrooms down there. Uh, yes, there are. I can verify it. I can vouch for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've been there. I've been in them. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Um, okay, so uh, during during your research for this for this book, what um, did you uncover anything that really like surprised you, um, or like shocked you? Like what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think um, a, a couple of things. First, uh, one of the things that surprised me was that Jack Rather was not the sole owner. Um, at, initially, there were actually four partners. There was Jack Rather. Um, there was a lady named Helen Alvarez, hmm. who was a um, uh, a local area um, um, uh, radio station. She she owned radio stations as well. That's how she met Jack Rather. Um, she owned KOTV in um, a, a television station in Oklahoma, um, and she was um, her maiden name was Harmon. And the Harmon family were local area radio station owners and disc jockeys. Hmm. She was one of the business partners. Um, and there was also Jack's rather, uh, Jack Rather's uh, uh, mother, Maisie. Um, some of you might remember Maisie's Pantry at the Disneyland Hotel. That was named after her. No. Um, mm -hmm. she, was, she was part owner. Um, and then there was also a group called uh, the Loeb Partners, Loeb, Rhodes, and Schwartz, the uh, uh, business investment firm from New York City. So uh, there were a couple of members of them that were owners. So there were actually several partners that were the owners of the Disneyland Hotel that um, they were just mostly in it with their money. They didn't have a lot of say in what got built. They just were kind of like silent partners. Mm -hmm. So there was, uh, you know, multiple partners that owned the hotel. Um, and that led to a lot of conflicts because Jack tended to um, okay things as far as, um, as far as, uh, 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 expenditures that they didn't approve, and so that led to you know 
discrepancies and and, uh, and litigation amongst the partners that he would uh, he would say, okay, you know, spend this much more on the on the new restaurant, and then the other partners would say, hey, what did you just spend, you know? And he would say, oh, we needed it, and they would say, well, you know, make sure to run that by us before you spend it. Um, and then it eventually led to Helen Alvarez leaving as a partner with a huge lawsuit that she had filed, you know, against the corporation. Um, that kind of surprised me that, you know, that they were uh, arguing and bickering. Um, and Loeb wanted out of the partnership almost immediately when they got into it because they didn't see a huge return on investment. And <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, saw some, I saw some confidential letters back and forth between them saying, you know, that, you know, we would like to get out of this because it doesn't look like it's going to be a return on investment, you know, and, and Jack rather passionately wrote back saying he loved this hotel. And, you know, I talked to Chris rather, his son, and he said the Disneyland Hotel by far was Jack's favorite business venture out of everything that he ever did in his life. The Disneyland Hotel was his favorite thing that he ever did, that he loved that place, um, you know, and, and so... Just the passion and the and the and the love that he had for that hotel, you know, really surprised me because, you know, he had so many other business ventures that he did throughout his lifetime, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, that was a surprise to me because there were so many other things that he did, but he really, really loved the place. Um, and then, you know, just some of the other things like um, some of the other things that, uh, that, that they said that they were going to do there, uh, they were going to put a miniature golf course in where the marina went uh you know they had a concept for that uh, that they had penciled in instead of the marina um that got voted down um and then some of the other uh, uh restaurants that they said that were going to go in there that never made it because they didn't get approval for it um hmm. but you know there there was always a, you know a, a bunch of little surprises of things that they had proposed you know to to go in there um but, uh, you know, you always learn learn a little things, you know, the little squabbles that go around with the board meetings and things like that um, uh, and stuff that you pick up, you know, through court, private correspondences and everything uh, uh, and stuff. But just, you know, the, the other thing, too, is through, through a lot of my research, the one thing that I found was the parallels between Jack Rather and Walt Disney. You know, both of them were visionaries. Both of them were family men. Both of them took chances. Mm-hmm. Both of them, you know, invested a lot of money in, in this risky adventure known as Disneyland and the Disneyland Hotel. Um, and they both, uh, you know, really paid attention to detail. And both weren't afraid to spend money on quality. And they both wanted people to spend time with their families. And they both wanted them to have quality time with their families. And they both... Uh, you know, wanted to ensure that they, that the pe- people had a really good time, you know, uh, in, in spending time with their families. Um, the, the, the parallels between those two men was just amazing, incredible to me um, in what I saw in my research. Yeah, that, that definitely rings true with what you're saying. Um, yeah. So, so then you, you knew that, that, the, that the Disneyland Hotel was going to be a quality project if they're both, you know, in the, on the, yeah, in the same yeah. vein, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going to encourage our listeners to go and get your book and 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 check things out. But can they, uh, besides going th- into the Bonita Tower right now and looking at that transition, can they? Can a guest today go and see anything that is still there from the original 1954? 
Nope, there is absolutely, and and that would be they would go into what would be the Sierra Tower, not the Benita Tower. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so yeah. the the, the, um, yeah. the Sierra yeah. Tower would be yeah. the Fantasy Tower, I guess now. Yeah, that's okay. the one that's facing downtown Disney. Uh, the one oh. that's um, uh, yeah, um, there is absolutely okay. nothing left from the original Disneyland Hotel. The oldest building there is that building that we were just talking about, the Fantasy or the Sierra. Uh, and that's from 1961-62. Okay. That's the oldest structure left. Okay. Wow. Okay, so where... Because um, I'm looking at the pictures, and I cannot place where that Olympic-sized pool is or was. Is that... Can you tell me where that was? That would be um, about... I'm trying to think. It's, it's pro- It would probably be where... Um, about, oh, 25, 30 feet out from that Sierra Tower, directly out from that Sierra Tower, about where uh, the grass area would be uh, from downtown Disney. You know where the theaters are? Yes. Yep. Um, at downtown Disney, kind of by uh, Earl of Sandwich. Yep. Yes. Somewhere right in that area, right there, oh. uh, real, real close to where the Earl of Sandwich would have been. Wow, okay, right there in that general area. Oh. I always joke. I always joke to people that if you go right over in that general area and you and you smell hard enough, you'll smell chlorine. <laughs> the, the pool, the pool was there for so long. Oh, you know. Okay, so and, and another an, another real interesting point of perspective that you can get is. The monorail station is in the exact same spot as it was before. Yeah, and that was like, that's so, and that actually was a question that I had for you is that how did the monorail impact um, the guest experience for the get, I mean, for the hotel? Did it bring more people in, do you you think? And, and then, and then there's that, that, that's the first question. And then what part of the hotel did it, anchor up to because i don't i i can't picture that in my mind's eye okay that again is in the exact same location so you can always use that as a reference point of where the old hotel used to be okay that they, there, there used to be a disneyland hotel stop yep for the I monorail i remember that yeah and and there used to be that used to stop right in front of the old lobby and administration building at the hotel there was also, for a number of years, from 1961 um, until, like, the, I think it was the mid-'90s, they had the Monorail Lounge or Monorail Bar, um, and that was one of the only places that you could get alcohol. Um, they did have <laughs> another bar. Yeah, they did have another bar there called the Porcino um, uh, Room, and then initially it was called the... Uh, um, uh, it, it, when it first came out, there was also alcohol that you could get there, um, it was the, uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. I don't know why, but there was a bar at the hotel. Um, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank, but there, there was a, a full service bar at the hotel. Um, and, but to reference that, that was the old, uh, lobby and administration building where you checked in initially at the hotel. And when you first checked in at the hotel, they would come out to you and you could register right from your car oh, and then drive right over to drive right over to your room. Um, that was in 1950, you know, we're in 1955, 1956, all the way through, you know, till the 60s that you could register right from your room. 
Um, and then they had the shops area and then the gourmet restaurant uh, and then the coffee shop. Um, in 1986, in 1986, they built the Monorail Cafe. That was all right along in there, um, and that would have been right where you know all that is that I'm I'm telling you about now, where the Earl of Sandwich is and, and all of that. That was all right in there. Okay. Um, um, and then um, in 1998, 1999, they tore all of that out to build downtown Disney. Oh yeah. Um, that's where my that's where my latest. Um, work is where at the end of the original Disneyland Hotel comes into play. A lot of people ask me, you know, what happened when they tore all that out? And that's why I came up with that publication. Um, and it shows you the tearing down of all of that. Um, and if you look at that one, it'll show you, you know, when they tore down those buildings, it'll show you the actual deconstruction of those buildings and the tearing down of those buildings, which were sad days for me. Uh, my <laughs> oh, wife and I actually... We actually stayed in uh, the garden structures the very last night they were open for business, um, oh, wow. and I think we, I think we took everything from our room that wasn't nailed down. Yeah, I was going to ask you in that kind of <laughs> tongue in cheek, did you did you take anything? <laughs> yeah, we we um, off the record we we took quite a few things. There you go. Um, Good man. And, and we could actually we could actually hear the bulldozers off in the distance. With, uh, with their motors running. I mean, they literally uh, fenced that off and tore them down within a matter of a few days after we stayed in them. You know, oh, uh, they, were, they, were, they, were just, uh, they were just removed as quickly as they could. I spoke to somebody a little while after they tore them down, and I said, you know, couldn't you just leave one up, you know, for historical perspective? And she told me, she said, you know, Don, she said, the only thing holding those up was the termites. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, wow. You know, she said that they weren't they weren't in real good shape. Hmm. And, and another interesting thing is, the Bellman hated those rooms, those two story rooms. And why? Because they didn't have elevators. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh jeez. He, he he said that somebody would check in there sometimes with like fifteen bags, and they would have to carry those bags up the stairs. And they hated them. The Bellman would always give those rooms to the rookie Bellman yeah, yeah, to take go. care of be mm -hmm. because they didn't have elevators, you know. Um, and so anyway. They uh, they didn't they, they couldn't wait to get rid of those uh, structures you know to build downtown Disney, but I've lobbied for them to build another structure just for history's sake and you know people could stay in them for their honeymoons or you know just just to remember they could build uh, a two story structure uh, with modern conveniences but you know design them like with a 50 square That'd be I awesome. think they'd be real oh, yeah, yeah I think they'd be real real popular I agree of course they would yeah, I agree. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah, absolutely. I think that's a brilliant idea. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, especially so, since they're not going to build the new hotel like they had planned. To well, actually, oddly enough, that was that was but my very next question. I was hesitant to to ask about that because I was looking for a good segue. But since you brought that up, my actual question, as I wrote it down, was: What were your thoughts regarding the news that came out about a year and a half ago regarding a new luxury hotel coming to the West End of downtown Disney? Um, you know, almost from the minute I saw it and how they were going to build it and how it basically just covered up the Disneyland Hotel, mm -hmm. um, my initial thoughts was this is the beginning of the end of the Disneyland Hotel because yes. it, basic, it basically covered up the Disneyland Hotel. Mm -hmm. And I thought when they built that, I thought, you know, there's no, no more room for the Disneyland Hotel. This is the beginning of the end of the Disneyland Hotel. 
Um, you know, it's only a matter of time. These were just my thoughts. I didn't have any inside information or anything, but I thought they're going to they're going to be tearing down the Disneyland Hotel Mark, now. Mark thought know, the because same of thing. This. Yeah. And yeah, I we, wasn't. I was. I wasn't very sad when they said that they <laughs> gave up plans to to build that new hotel. No. Right. I mean. I mean, we as a, as a podcast talked about that. Said yep. we, we talked about those designs, and we came to the conclusion: well, this could be the end of it, like, yeah. like you know, like the end of the Disneyland Hotel. Yep. And I was a little upset because we all kind of were. We were like, no, you can't, you can't do that. Like, no, we have to respect something, you know? Right. And and and, yeah. and those two entities, Disneyland and the Disneyland Hotel, to me, they're just tied together. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. one's one's history is just well. You could argue that Disneyland's history is more important than the Disneyland Hotel's history, but I think they're almost synonymous, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah I think they go together. I think, you know, I always say that, you know, uh, Johnny Carson always had Ed McMahon. The Lone Ranger <laughs> always had Tonto, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And Disneyland always has, always had and always should have the Disneyland Hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, having said that, though, when they first went together, the Disneyland Hotel was placed at the exit of Disneyland. Um, now, that's not so much the case anymore because, you know, there's no more Disneyland parking lot like, you know, they used to have. Sure, sure. Um, but nevertheless, I still think that they need to, you know, they need to have the Disneyland Hotel, even though there's nothing left of the original. They still need to have that, you know. Absolutely. Um, in, my, in my opinion, now I, of course, I'm a little biased because, you know, I've dedicated a large part of my life to, to research and documenting it and everything, but I still think they need to have that. And I, like I said, I wasn't I wasn't sad when they said that they weren't going to continue on with those plans to build that. Um, not to mention, I thought, you know, with, with what they had quoted as the pricing for that, I just felt like, you know, a lot of families wouldn't be able to afford that. <laughs> well, no. Um, you know, you know from, from what they had said, you know, that were going to be the prices. I, I do admit that it looks pretty nice, and that you know, um, it, it did look like something that would be kind of nice to stay in. But I didn't. I just felt like, you know, it was it was going to be very very expensive, you know, just to, to stay in there and everything. But uh, I didn't like the fact that it was blocking the Disneyland Hotel, and I didn't want anything to just steal the, the Disneyland Hotel thunder. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, that leads me and, to and, go ahead. Yeah, and, and even more reason now to build another. Uh, garden structure or two, you know, uh-huh. they're not going to build that. And there's space for it. You know, there's space for them to build that garden structure now. You know, they, they can build that in, in in an area where the garden structures used to exist. Um, and I guarantee you they would be popular. Uh, they would, you know, people would want to stay in them and they would be filled. I know. I, I have a tendency to want to agree with you on that one. They would. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I'm having trouble placing. Udi seems to know where this is, but I don't know where, where you're talking about. Back in, back in the back end. Oh, the back so, end. Yeah. Okay. You go tower, 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 back end. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so when you look, I mean, uh, my my next question on that was, where do you see the hotel in the next twenty to twenty five years, and and what do you think of it? With all the hotels and the pricing structure of the of the three that that they currently maintain there, what are your thoughts on all that? Well, I have heard that they, you know, they they may build um, an, uh, uh, okay uh, for the sake of argument, I'm going to say a fourth tower, 
a fourth main tower. It would actually be a fifth tower. But I have heard <laughs> sure. that, you know, the, that they may build another large tower on there, you know, to increase uh, the amount of rooms that they will have there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard stories about that. I've heard, too, that they're going to close one tower at a time and completely retrofit it. Um, because it still has a lot of old features, you know, as far as electrical and things like that. Oh, yeah. um, I've heard that they're going to completely redo those. Somebody told me one time that um, they had a, a large group of cheerleaders there, and one morning a, a whole bunch of them at one time put on blow dryers, you know, to get ready for the <laughs> day for their cheerleader competition, and the whole room went black. <laughs> uh, the whole building went black because yeah. of the surge in power. So, you know, there's a lot they can do to uh, update those for, uh, for you know, electricity, for wiring, for, you know, design and things like that. Even though I want them to keep that 50s, 60s look, sure. um, you know, that there's a, there's a lot they can do. I've heard that, you know, they may close one tower at a time and completely retrofit them. Um, but I think, like I said before, there's still a need for that hotel. Um, I think that they're just going to keep, you know theming things, you know, like Trader Sam's and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but I, I think that they're just going to keep, you know, uh, adding new f- features and functions for the hotel. Um, and a new tower would certainly be welcome. It would bring in revenue. Um, and there's room for it. Um, and, and, you know, there's certainly a market for it. Um, but other than that, I think that... Uh, you know, there's a whole creative team there that they can, you know, they can come up with new ideas and things that they can do there. Uh, there's convention business, you know, that they can get and book there and everything. And, um, you know, there's all kinds of things that they can do there, you know, to to uh, in, increase traffic. They're, they're booked all the time. I mean, you go there and you know, even with the pricing structure that they have, they're they're booked almost all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, like one of the things that I like to do, and um, we did it last time I was there with uh, Udi, and actually last time I was there with my daughters, is we just take some time out of the day and we walk around the Disneyland Hotel. Mm-hmm. Just we walk through the towers and we mm-hmm. and we walk on the on the gardens and the property, and and we got a drink at Trader Sam's and had have had food at, yeah. at there and at the. Topanga Terrace or Taranga Terrace, what I think, I forget what it's called. Okay. Oh, Topanga Terrace. I can't remember now. I'm just drawing a blank too. Yeah, well, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's just wonderful. I mean, I just think it's it's uh-huh. uh, tranquil and uh, oh, Terrio uh, Terrio Terrace. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Um, and I, I I strongly encourage anyone to go and do that. Anyone actually who's listening right now, if you want to, you know, the next time you're down there, just take like an hour out of your day. Yeah, we actually went yeah. and sat down outside one of the towers in the evening and recorded. It was mm-hmm. very peaceful, very tranquil. I, yes. I did enjoy it, yeah. Yeah. Have you have you seen the, the panels that they have showing the Rather family history? Oh, where is that? If you, if, if you go into the lobby, uh, kind of right over by Goofy's Kitchen. Y- yes. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. You know where the big... Um, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, the, where they have all the artifacts in the in the glass panel there. Oh yes, mm-hmm. yes. What's, mm-hmm. what's what's that called? That's called a. Um, uh, you mean like that? It's uh, the trophy case thing. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah, where yeah. they have all the old. Okay, it's it's if you and then if you leave that and walk towards Goofy's kitchen. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, on the left and the right, there are three big photo panels, multiple photos, and it's it's rather family history. Oh. Uh, they have the they have the 50s, they have the 60s and 70s, and they document the the history of the hotel. Well, we we supplied all of the pictures for those panels, um, oh. and and the and the wording that they put in those. And what it is is just a photo mosaic of the history of the Disneyland Hotel, and that's really interesting to go look at too. That's oh. where I was standing. That's where I was standing that night when that uh, cast member came up to me and said, "Hey, you want to go see? You know, the, the the where the building was cut off, where he brought me over and showed me the where the building was cut off, where he gave me that little tile of the building. I was looking at that. We actually got to go to the dedication of that because I worked with." WDI in creating those panels. Jeez, um, very those, cool. Those are really interesting to look at. Um, we gave them every single picture that's contained within those. So people can go there and look at those as well. And there's also the, all the pictures that are up, you know, uh, in the lobby of that marina tower there of the celebrities that have visited the hotel. You know, and of course they have the giant Disneyland map there that's kind of interactive. Yes. You know, that they can look at. So there's all kinds of things to see in there. Um, and I, too, like to just sit there and, you know, watch the people walk by and just walk around and see the landscaping and smell the smells and, you know, see the sights and everything. Um, I have full days where I don't even go into Disneyland where I could just, you know, sit around and, you know, swim or relax or, you know, just like I said, look at the sights and walk around. Oh, yeah. Um, I, know, I know the exact spot where they first broke ground. Um, you know, in November of 1965, I, I can take you right to the exact spot where they broke ground. Wow. Uh, we'll see. Based on, photo okay. based on photographs that I have, um, you know, I know right where it is in the parking lot, uh, the exact spot where that is. I know where the tower or the uh, garden structures used to be. I can go where, you know, those were. I can take people to that spot where the buildings were separated, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, so I know what. I know where a lot of the historical spots were, um, and I go to those when I go there, you know. I can go, you know, sip on a nice tea at Trader Sam's or, or you know, relax there and, and stuff, and I enjoy myself, you know, with all of that. Absolutely. Um, and, it's, and it's a lot of fun. I, I, I really like it. Man, we have to coordinate some sort of trip with you down there so we, you can show yeah. us these things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did a couple of historical tours with people. I just... Well, you didn't tell us. One, yeah, well, this was several years ago, oh, but I said, who wants who wants a free historical tour of the Disneyland Hotel? And I brought people around. One of them I had, I think, 100 people showed up. You wow. know, and I said, a free historical tour. And I walked everybody around and said, you know, this opened in 1972. You know, this tower opened. And I showed them that drop down in the floor, um, you know, uh, we went to where the they first broke ground. We went to the uh, the monorail and said, you know, this is open in 1961, and it's in the exact same spot. Uh, I'd love to do it again, you know, sometime. I would love for you to do that again. In fact, oh, yeah. if you gave people, like, enough notice, um, yeah. I, we would – I mean, I, I'm i speaking for myself. I would absolutely do that. I would I, go I, listen no, to I, you I, for I, hours. I would, I, would totally, I would totally do that. So there you go. Well, let's set something – Let's set something up. I'd love to do that. That would be a lot of fun. Oh, okay. Well, we will actually maybe. I mean, and don't 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 tempt us because we will do that. Oh yeah. <laughs> we had a yeah. uh, get. To, we we actually had a had a get together with a couple authors um, um, at the Walt Disney Family Museum 
and and it actually was really really great. Uh, we had a really good turnout. And if you want to do something like that, we would we would love to help you with that to put that together. Oh yeah. We just oh, yeah. need we just yeah, we yeah, just that need be, that would be fun. We just need we need like a few months to get it together. But um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. okay. Excellent. Excellent. So um, so the books uh, the series of books are called the Daysland Hotels and it's from 1954 to 1959. Uh, then there's another one called 1954 to 1988 and there's a new one coming out in September and that's called what again? That's called uh, Disneyland Hotel, uh, it, uh, 1960 to 1969. It's called The Little Motel Grows Up. And oh, okay. Why I called it that, that, the reason why I called it that is because that's when the towers came into play. Um, and I'm working on that now. I have it completely written. I'm, I'm writing the picture captions, and I'm working with a graphic artist. Oh. Um, and this one... This one's going to be amazing because I have over a thousand photographs. Ooh. Okay. Um, and it's going to be—it's probably going to be 250 pages or more, and it's hard down, coffee table book, um, and it's just amazing because I got the whole—I got Al Nicholson's whole collection um, of photographs and, and wow. blueprints and concept art, um, and and one of the great things about this is since I came out with the first books and everything. I've met so many people who worked, you know, for numbers of years at the hotel, and they've all shared their photographs with me or, or their documents with me, so I've accumulated so much now. Okay. And so this book, the, the 60s book, has so many photographs that, have, uh, that are unpublished or documents wow. that nobody's ever seen before, and I've amassed so much information. This book is the fruit of, that, of those efforts. Um, and I've just got oh. so much to share oh, on yeah. the 60s. And the, the 60s was the most dynamic decade for the hotel. Um, and I've had to leave so much out just to keep it at 250 pages or, you know, it might even be more than that. You know, it, it's just going to be a, a, a fantastic book. Um, oh. I put out a I put out a picture of the proposed cover. Yes. Um, and I can send it to you. I can send you a cover. A, 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 a picture of what the proposed cover is going to be. I'll email it to you a little bit later today. Okay, great. Uh, of what the proposed cover is going to be. But I, I also have a website. I also post on Facebook a lot of old pictures and everything. But the, the website is magicalhotel.com. Um, and I'm Disneyland Hotel, the early years on Facebook. Um, and um, I post a lot of rare and unique pictures on Facebook. And I encourage comments. And, um, you know, I love talking about it, obviously. Sure. And um, and discussing it and everything. So. Okay. And, and I'm going to put a link on um, Amazon for our, our listeners okay. to, to, your, okay. to your books. And then I'm also going to put a link to your site that has the, the, the original two books you have. Um, yeah. And so, uh, I, and, ho- yeah. and hopefully people will, will, will buy those. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be wonderful. That helps me to do further research. People oh, okay. buy the books and and stuff. And we have several. I have se- I think six or seven projects on Amazon that we created uh, that are on there too. Okay. And um, we there was there's several other things on Amazon. Both books are also available in Kindle format. Okay. Um, cool. On Amazon, um, and there's several other projects that are on there um, too. So uh, yeah, that really helps. Uh, you know, fund future projects and everything. Every, one project funds another, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah and it, for sure. And it, and it greatly helps, so. 
Okay, and, and and I mean I am one hundred percent serious that if you want if you do want to do another Disneyland hotel tour, um, I yeah. will definitely try to promote that and I will I'll, I will get it going that we can actually do something like that if, if you're really into that. Oh yeah, I oh. would love to do that. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I would absolutely love to do that. That would be so much fun. And like I said, they're they're absolutely free. You know so. People don't have to pay a nickel. They just have to get themselves down there, you know, to do it. And we have a blast. You know, well, we could all meet, you uh, know, well, after for for something, you know, at one of the places there. And yes. It, it's just a lot of fun. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I want to do this so bad. Yeah. Um, so, but before we let you go... Um, cause this has really, really been a great conversation. We, we, we have uh, several questions we ask all of our guests about just their, their Disneyland stuff. So if you don't mind indulging us for uh, just a few more minutes. Sure. Okay. Okay. Hold on. I, I do, I do have to ask this question though. And, and, okay. um, we, we, I, I, I'm always curious. What is it about Disney and Disneyland that has pulled you to it? Um, well, that's one of the questions. No, it's not, is it? Oh, no, it isn't. Okay, yeah, It sorry. isn't one of the questions. So, yeah, I know it's not one okay, of the questions. Okay, I'm sorry. So, yeah, no, with everybody, I, 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 I'm always curious. You know, we all have a, a tie to the park or something, and we're all unique in one fashion or another. I know why I, I'm tied to the park. I know why Mark is. But what, what, what brought you to the park, and then what, what has kept you there, and then kind of sparked your interest? I mean, I understand, into the hotel, other than, I mean, is there more to it than, you know, when you were... When the bellhop told you, "Hey, there's no one written a book." Well, what what um, I think I'm not I I hope this answers your question. But what's always fascinated me about Disney in general was that Walt Disney could educate you and entertain you at the same time. Oh, geez, good answer, so th- beautiful. That, yeah, that's that's what fascinated me about Walt Disney. Um, I'm I'm older now. I just turned 61 in July, oh, and right. so I used to I used to, I used to watch the Wonderful World of Disney, the mm-hmm. Wonderful World of Color, live on Sunday nights with my family, and it just, it just fascinated me that I could watch something and I was ed- educated and entertained at the same time. I learned something and I had fun doing it, mm-hmm. and so um, it, it was just it was just amazing to me that you know I could get both out of that. Um, and, um, you know, that's, that's what drew me to Disney, but I always love a happy ending and I always love a, Di- a Disney ending. Um, and some of my favorite movies, you know, I, I always grew up like liking the live action. I love Swiss family Robinson. I love 20,000 leagues under the mm-hmm. sea, but then again, the more I got into the animation, the more I loved those as well. So it was pretty much just everything about Disney, but as far as the parks and everything, um, I always have to write uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I won't consider a visit to Disneyland complete unless I write Pirates of the Caribbean. But my favorite ride is uh, Peter Pan. Uh, <laughs> so you can see I'm an, I'm an originalist. Well, actually, I, actually, I, I, that was my very first question is yeah. what, what are your, what is or what are your essential Disneyland attractions that you have to go on? Yeah, there so, you go. So you got Pirates and Peter, yeah. and, and what else, Peter Pan? Peter Pan. Peter Pan. I love I love Peter Pan. I love that. I have to write both of those, or I don't leave the park. I have to <laughs> I like go on it. both of those attractions, okay. or I do not leave the park. Um, those are my those are my two two favorites. And I know Pirates wasn't an original attraction, but Peter Pan was. Um, and I have to get a Dole Whip. I have to get a, a pineapple Dole Whip uh, before I leave. Those those are my 
those are my must do, must haves, must do at Disneyland. And you actually answered that question because then the, the next question is, what is your favorite food or place to there eat? There you go. And at there the you park? go. But 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 Dole yeah, is a snack. What, what restaurant do you typically do you, do you have to go to, or 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 do you? Um, we I used to like the Monorail Cafe, but of course that's been closed for quite a few years. But um, I like Storyteller's Cafe, hmm. and I like um, I like to go to I can't remember the name of it now, but I like the Mexican restaurant at Disneyland. Rancho Zocalo, um, my favorite. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like that. I like that an awful lot. Um, and I also just like to kind of munch while I'm there, you know, to, <laughs> to grab a burger or something. I'm a junk food junkie. There you go. So I like to, you know, I like that and, um, um, and to grab an ice cream or something while I'm there. Perfect. Um, we, we also like to go to, well, it used to be, uh, 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 Granville's now at Steakhouse 55. We like to yes. go there for breakfast. Yeah. They have really good breakfast there, uh, and everything. So that. That about wraps that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do you do you collect anything at the park? Or any sort of things that you always buy or have to have? I I probably have the greatest collection of Disneyland hotel paper <laughs> item ephemera in the world. I have just about every paper item that there is to have, um, and I also have a tremendous amount of Disneyland paper items. I have all of the maps, all of the what? welcome to brochures and paper items on Disneyland. I have some really rare uh, paper items and brochures and documents on on Disneyland, Uh, annual reports from many of the years um, and documents and everything. Um, I have a a really large collection of of Disneyland paper item uh, collection. It's huge. It's, 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 um, ah, man, it would, you know, if you look at those Van Eaton auctions, yes, mm-hmm. I have stuff. I have a collection that would rival some of those. Wow. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, my wife calls it her kitchen because she never got her kitchen rebuilt because <laughs> I was always buying those things. <laughs> well, maybe you could put some of those at the Van Eaton Gallery and buy a kitchen. There you go. <laughs> you know what? I don't have the heart to part with it. Oh, I yeah, I understand. I, I definitely understand. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you like do you like uh, the daytime or nighttime better at the park? Why and why not? Um, let me think. I uh, you know I like the nighttime at the park. I, I like it when it cools down because we we like to go a lot during the summer, and I like it when it's a little bit cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a tough one because I like it at any time. Okay. Um, um, the daytime's fun, but I like I like it when it cools down mm-hmm. uh, because you know it's not as warm and and you know you can go out and and and, and you know I like to see the fireworks. And I like to see the parades at night because it's just more colorful and everything. For sure. I like to see the lamps on and you know the the festivities at night. And I like the hotel at night <laughs> because you know you, you got the lights on and you know. And, and and everything and it's just it's just to me it's a lot more pretty at night. Oh, absolutely, that's a that's a very good answer. Um, if you could visit the park during any any decade, what what would it have been? I'd like to go before Walt passed because I'd like to go 
and, and have the chance to see him at the park. I wouldn't necessarily bother him, but I just like to see him smiling at the park. I like to see him walking at the park in, in a happy moment, you know, knowing that he created that and seeing other people smile and making him smile, you know. Um, um, one of the one of the um, things that I had that I didn't mention in this conversation was I, on one of my research visits to the Rather Family Storage Vault, I found a film of uh, Disneyland Opening Day in color that was filmed by Jack Rather. In and color. In that, it shows. Yeah, I have a film of, of, of Disneyland Whoa. Opening Day in color, filmed by Jack Rather, who was a guest that day on December or, or uh, Jack, uh, July 17, 1955, and he films uh, Walt Disney there that day, just about to give his dedication speech. Oh. And there's a moment in time on that speech where Walt is about to dedicate Disneyland, and I showed it to Diane Disney Miller at the Walt Disney Family Museum, and she had me stop the film. I had it converted to DVD. She had me stop it, and she said, right there, she said, that look on his face, she said that was probably one of the most happiest moments of his life. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm getting chills here about this. He, yeah. She said it's, he's about to dedicate Disneyland, and he, he was never happier. And oh. I captured that, and in, 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 um, I'll email you that picture. Oh, please you, do. You tell, wow. me, you, you tell me what you think. You okay, know? absolutely. Uh, you know, yeah, I got the chills too, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Just like, <laughs> geez, Louise. Yeah. <sighs> Okay, so last question here. Um, if you were to show a guest what attraction or what area of the park best symbolizes what the park is about, where or what would it be? Um, I think, to me, I, I'd like to take him to the hub and show him the statue of Walt. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that has a lot of flowers it has walt with mickey um and it just brings out the emotion in me you know that walt's overlooking his park and it's got the beauty of the park and everything and you can see the castle in the background and you can look out into all the realms of disneyland hmm. that, that's a that, that's a great answer i don't think anybody has ever given that as a response no we we have we we've asked that many times and every answer is different and mm -hmm. every answer is, is great is and, great. and yeah. that is that definitely is a great answer yeah 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 thank you ah, for sure for sure <sighs> okay so um again i want to thank you for your time um i've really enjoyed talking to you and and one of the great things about that we're learning and this is our fourth year of during the during the podcast and we and we're and we're lucky we get to interview people but every time we talk to someone we just it just reminds me of how cool this subject is and how how giving people are of their time and they're sharing their knowledge and and how kind people are and you definitely are that yes. mr don Pell. thank you very much yes hey this has been my pleasure and i've really enjoyed talking with you and and uh, meeting you guys and everything and uh uh, as you can tell, I love talking about this subject. Oh, yeah. Anytime, anytime you guys want to talk, and I would love it if you took me up on meeting together and, and doing that historical walking tour. Oh, uh, you're killing me it. with that. Yes. Yeah. And I'll be sending you some emails and take a look and tell me what you think. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for those. Absolutely. Okay, well, thank, okay. You, right, uh, thank, you for, thank you for your time, and have a wonderful evening. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank right. you. All right. Bye-bye. Wow. Thank you so much, Don Ballard, for, for spending hour and 20 minutes with us. Um, 
I, I still have the chills thinking about his last story about Walt Disney. And um, I can't wait to see that picture. I know, right? I can't absolutely wait to see that, that picture. Can, you know what? I can't wait for Jess to see that picture. Oh, yes. Absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and again, and um, I, I just wanted to, I know I've said the same thing twice here, but I'm always amazed, not surprised that everyone we talk to is su- super, super cool mm-hmm. and passionate and friendly about their knowledge and about the park. And it just reinforces the fact that we're doing the right thing here with this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're amazed. I mean, we literally took a pause after, like we do after every, after every episode or every interview, and we kind of went looked at each other like, holy crap, like, we can't believe we, we keep on doing this. And right, we keep yeah. on going, and yeah. we keep on growing. And, and I'm, like, amazed at how the last four years, and thanks to everybody who listened, um, you know, how we're, we've progressed. And now, we, I mean, here's another great, fantastic interview from another fantastic, knowledgeable person that loves the park in a, different, a whole different vein of it. And, but look at the attitude that they have, the mm-hmm. passion, the commitment, and the and the open openness to share, mm-hmm. um, and that is fantastic. So I mean, what he talked about, we're going to work on. I mean, we're going to do that. Oh yeah, yes, we're, yes. We're, we're going to do that. I mean, I don't see how we don't. No, no, no. You don't get an invite like that. Yeah, you, you, from from an, from the expert on that, and go like, oh no, never mind. Are you kidding right now? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, I'm, so I think we're just getting the show with this, with these chills. Um, so that's going to wrap up episode 89. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we absolutely did. Uh, I want to thank our guest, Don Ballard for, for joining us and you can find his books on Amazon. You can go to our page, even today podcast.com and click on the books tab and you'll find uh, pictures of his books and just, just click on that and you'll be able to order that. And I strongly encourage you to do that. Yes. Cause, um, He's doing crazy work that no one else is doing, and mm-hmm. I think it's, this is just as important as Disneyland. Um, so episode 90 will come up in a couple of weeks. And what are we doing? Well, we are going to have another guest on. What? <laughs> another one? <laughs> yeah, oh, we, we, we will be talking to um, Lynn and Ken mm-hmm. from the Sweep Spot yep. podcast. Uh, they're going to be on our show to talk about a few things. Um, so if you like that show and you love us, Hey now. Hey now. There you go. There's a party right there. Yep. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be in a couple weeks. Um, until then, uh, you can reach us out on Instagram at Leaving Today Podcast, uh, Facebook at Leaving Today Podcast, Twitter is Leaving Today Pod. Um, and you can send me an email at info at Leaving Today Podcast. Mm-hmm. Udi, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on all of my socials, which are H-A- or Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram, all H A X G O A L I E. But in all fairness, if you really want to send me a DM, Instagram will be the way to do it. I'm usually on that a lot more. Okay, excellent. Excellent. Um, Until then, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Um, Go to expeditionroasters.com and get some coffee. Use LTP20 for 20% off your very first order. And it's a great time right now to have some coffee iced coffee mm-hmm. um they're a new blend is particularly wonderful over ice mm-hmm. um no not over iced but iced it, it, it tastes it's really good yeah. um and it just smells wonderful too so um check out yeah if it's too hot to brew coffee just brew it and put it over ice and you will be having a great day mm-hmm. all right until then thank you so much for listening and we will see you in the parks in august see you see ya
Today's bloopers are brought to you by 13 Ears. Custom, creative, collectible. Check her out on Instagram, 13 Ears. Every woman has the best voice. That's I need to I'm take saying. my meat out of the fridge. Jessica Aurora Farfan. No. What are you doing? Definitely not. I'm so freaking ready. No, I will give you one. You have to give me two. Nope. One from the back. Temptation is great, though. Temptation is great. I'm still hungry. This got, God, my, yeah, it's too short. It's too short. Short. It's too short. Okay, we're back to the news. Oh, yeah? Okay, hold on. I gotta drink more. Okay. Drink your... What are you looking at? You are out of control. Out of control. Do you need to get that? Nothing is... Well, very few things are better than a cold beer on a hot day. Pee now. Always pee now. Bam! And that is how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. One take, one done, and we're out. The timing couldn't be couldn't be any more worse than it is right now. Don't you even you keep your hands off my Reese's. You know how much he likes me. Not very much. Not anyway, much okay. As mine. <laughs> not very much. I said not as much as this one. Oh, okay, 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 gotcha. I'll show you my monkeys. Your what? My monkeys. But then when you pet her, she bites you. Oh, well, that I have no control over. Why you gotta ruin everything? Wow, these are smaller than I thought. That's what she said? No bed sheets. Why are you yelling at me? Because I like yelling at you. Get over it. Oh, I was just asking. I can't ask questions now? No. Oh, well, I'm gonna. Okay. Oh, please do not do that. Why not? I okay. Will, I will freaking take you outside and flog you. So I look at it, and it's a decent sized steak. 16 cents. Nope. Let me see it. Nope. Let me see it. You know, if I take it off, it locks and no one can touch it. That's fine. I'm not gonna, you don't have to take it off. Oh my God, but you yeah. make me hot. And I don't know why. Why do you, okay. Because you are a sarcastic. Drink your alcohol that's way too strong. Way too strong. <laughs> kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> ah, it's like a breath of fresh air. Boy, was my face red.